Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I just bless you today. I thank you, Lord, that we can worship you. We can bless you. We can be blessed by you. I think of your word, Lord, that strengthens us and encourages us, that fills our life with the truth and of what of what the world, what goes on in the realm of the spirit. That your Holy Spirit is with us. That never leaves us or forsakes us. That you are to us what everything we need. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, where am I going to start this morning? Praise God. I'm, I, I think I'm going to start in First Peter, chapter one. In verse 17, it says, If you address as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. That's a good, that's a good uh, encouragement to us. Knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. I was, as I was praying this week, I just felt, I felt the Spirit of the Lord said, we don't, we don't talk about the blood enough. We don't sing about the blood enough. The blood of Jesus is the all-sufficient. It's what keeps us. It's what, it's what brought us into the kingdom. It's what will keep us forever and ever. The precious blood. I like what Peter says. He calls it precious blood. It's, it's the precious blood of Jesus. So I want to just share for a little bit about the blood of Jesus. You know, the Bible, people, people have often said the Bible is a bloody book, and it is, because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, there's no redemption. It's the blood that covers, it's the blood that wipes away sin. The blood is all sufficient, and Jesus came to shed his blood so that you and I could live with him forever and ever and avoid the pit, and avoid the pit in the darkness of hell. God is a good God. And Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Before God ever created anything on the, on the earth, Jesus knew that he was going to come and he was going to die for you and for me. And I'm so grateful for that because I know where I was headed and I know where I'm headed now because of the blood of Jesus. God did it for us. I'm going to start in Genesis, and I'm going to go all the way to Revelation today. So hang in there. It's going to be, we're going to have a good time. And we're going to receive communion. We're going to thank God for what he did for us. I don't know. I, don't know, I just feel so grateful for what Jesus has done for me. Because I guess I'm, I'm, God's just giving me more of a greater revelation of how lost I was. And you know, I thought I was a pretty cool guy, but I, I was really an idiot because I didn't know God. The Bible says, with a, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And there was a time in my life where I, didn't, I don't think I even believed in God. But God changed that and brought me to, uh, to the truth. Of, in, Genesis chapter, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve had disobeyed God. They'd fallen from the grace of God. 
I was listening. I was listening to Joel Osteen. That's might surprise some. I was listening to Joel Osteen, and uh, he's telling a story about the blood. I'll tell you a little bit later. But he always starts off his messages with a little joke. And I hate to tell jokes because people remember the joke. They don't remember the message. They walk out. They say, what did, what did the pastor preach? I don't know, but that was really funny when he said about this. That's, that's the way we are. We remember the jokes. But he said, uh, I feel like telling this one, so I will. He said, there's this new pastor in town, young, young man pastor. He's trying to build this church. So he was going, going around from door to door, knocking on people's doors, inviting them to come to church if they had no other place to go. And he came to this one house, he knocked on the door, nobody answered. So he took a card out of his pocket, and he wrote in the back of the scripture, uh, Revelation, I forget, 320 or something like that. And he stuck it, kind of stuck it in the door and, uh, and left. Well, on Sunday, someone came to church and handed that card to the usher and said, would you give, please give this to the pastor? So the, pastor, the usher gave it to the pastor. He noticed it was the card that he'd written. And on the back it said, Revelation 320. But then after that, it said Genesis 3.10. He said, well, I wonder what that is. So he looked it up. And Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and answers, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And Genesis 3.10 says, I heard you knocking, but I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> okay. What are we preaching on today? Somebody, how are we that was pretty funny. Oh, it's the blood, right? That, that was a funny joke. I'll remember that. Praise God. Thank you. Oh, no wonder. I'm in Exodus, not in Genesis. Something that scripture doesn't make sense. I'm in a whole, I'll find it. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. Now the man, now the man called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the, the living. And the Lord made garments, for skin, garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. After they fell, they realized they were naked. They, they were ashamed. And God made, the Bible says that God made garments of skin for Adam. He was, uh, the blood of an innocent animal was shed to cover them. And what we're supposed to learn from this, it's, it's not what we do that matters, it's what God does. God did not give them instructions on how to kill an animal, how to, how to skin it, and how to cover themselves. He did it for them. God gave them simple instructions. Here's what God does. What God, what God does when he covers us, that's what matters. It's not what we do. In Romans chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says that by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. We have to understand it's not what, not what we do that makes us right with God. It's what he did. It's our receiving that into our lives, surrendering to his ways. In Galatians, in Genesis chapter 4, the next chapter, talks about the sacrifices that Cain and Abel offered to God. And it says in verse 3, it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground, Abel on his part also brought the firstlings of his flock and of, his, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? 
if you do well? Will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about where they were in the field that Cain rose up his brother and killed him. Cain brought a Bible. The Bible says Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. That's a type of man's efforts, what man can produce on his own. And Abel brought the first things of his flock, a blood sacrifice. And God accepted the blood sacrifice, but he rejected Cain because, uh, because it's not what we do that matters. It's, what, it's, a, it's a blood sacrifice. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You know, I thought, what is this, what is this marvelous fluid we call blood? It flows through every parts of our body. And what does it do? Basically, it brings life and removes death. It brings oxygen and proteins and all kinds of nutrients, and it passes by every cell in your body. You know, I'll get off on a little bit of tangent. Remember where I'm at. I like listening to smart people. And there's some videos on YouTube that I've been watching, and I love it. There's a guy on there, his name is Dr. Stephen Meyer. He's a, he's a very brilliant young man, and he talks about uh, what's going on what, to the knowledge that we're gaining concerning the physical body and how it works and how impossible it is for that to come, of, come about through random selection and mutation. It's amazing. You know, he said back, just real quick, back in 1856 when, when uh, what's his name, wrote, the origin of the species. Darwin. Darwin. I forget his name. So when he wrote that book, he said they, the, the general thought back then was that cells were filled with, with a, just kind of a gelatin substance called uh, plasma, plasma or something like that. And they didn't understand how cells work. But the more they find out about how cells work, it's amazing. Every single cell in your body is like a super complex machine. It just functions, it functions like, like, a, like a computer. It's amazing what they found out. You ought to listen to them. Stephen Meyer, go on YouTube, and there's three videos I'd recommend for you. One is called Signature in the Cell. It's just amazing, story, amazing facts of how a cell works. The other one is called uh, Darwin's Doubt, and the third one is called The Return of the God Principle. And you ought to watch those, so they'll blow you out of the water. What, what they've learned. And, what, and how many scientists today are turning, uh, are, are turning toward this, the, the, uh, believing in the divine intelligence that started all this because so, it is so, it's so amazingly improbable for any of this to happen. But God did it. God created and God fashioned man after his own image. But we were lost. Man surrendered to the temptations of evil and fell. And so God had to come and redeem us with his blood. In Genesis chapter 9, God gave all the things, God gave flesh for the man to eat, but, he, but he, he proposed an ordinance. He said, you shall not eat, you shall not eat blood. God has always told us we, we're not supposed to eat blood because the life of the flesh, the Bible says, is in the blood. So in the Old Testament, they were not allowed to eat blood. In the New Testament, it's the same thing. In Acts chapter 15, the Apostle Paul 
went and submitted himself to the elders of the church. To, and he preached, he told them the message that he's preaching. I like that about Paul. He went and humbled himself. He said he, 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 should, he spoke to the elders of the church the message he was preaching to people because he thought, I may have run it, I may have preached in vain or walked in vain. I may not be preaching it quite right. So he submitted to him the message that he was preaching. And they said, no, you're fine. You're doing, what you're preaching is the truth. But they wrote a letter to the, they wrote a letter to the believers because it was the Judaizers were trying to get him to keep the law. They said, you have to keep the law to get saved. Paul said, no, you just need to believe on Jesus and the grace and the blood. And they wrote, and they wrote a letter to the believers. They said, you have to abstain from fornication, from things sacrificed, from things given to idols, and from blood. So even in the New Testament, it was forbidden to eat blood because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So we can't, we're not supposed to ever eat blood. It's, a, it's an ordinance of God. In Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12 is the story of the Passover. We know it, but let me read it to you because it's important. It says in verse 1, Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel and say, On the tenth of this month, each one shall take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall come, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses, in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire. And they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left until morning you shall burn with fire. And you shall eat in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night. I will strike down the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against the gods of Egypt, I will, I will ex execute judgments. I am the Lord. The, Lord this, the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The blood protects. In the Old Testament, the blood caused the destroying angel to pass over the house. But here, here's the facts. It wasn't enough just to slay the lamb. 
It wasn't enough just to know what God had said. You had to slay the lamb, and you had to apply it to the doorposts and the lintel of the house. The blood has to be applied. It's not enough just to know that Jesus died on the cross. It's not enough just to know that the blood of Jesus will save you. You have to apply it to your life. If it's not applied to your life, it doesn't work. It's only applied blood that works. It's not what we know, it's what we do. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So it's important. In the Old Testament, this is a type of our salvation, that Jesus was going to die on the cross. Remember when he came to be baptized by John, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God knew he was going to come and die. He's going to shed his blood and be the Lamb, the innocent sacrificial Lamb that was going to take our place and shed his blood so that we could live forever in his presence. The blood is so important. We need to apply the blood to our lives. We need to speak the blood. We need to cover ourselves with the blood. One of the things that Joel said in his message when I was, he was preaching on the blood, he said, I remember when I was real young. He said, my dad used to travel a lot. His father, John Osteen, was a tremendous preacher. So my dad used to travel a lot. And it seems like every time he was getting ready to go somewhere, something would happen to one of the kids. We'd get, somebody might get sick. So I remember one time my brother Paul, he fell down and cracked his head. He had to have a bunch of stitches. But it seems like something always happened, trying to, trying to delay him, trying to keep him from going. And finally one day he says he'd get fed up with it. He took all, the, all five kids. He lined us up in the order of our birth. And he, said we, and he said, follow me. And he walked around the edge of our property. He said, I plead the blood over this property. Satan, you cannot come. I put the bloodline up. You cannot transfer. You cannot trespass over here. This, this, this property is covered by the blood of Jesus. He said, all the neighbors were looking at us and kind of laughing. They thought we were nuts. But he said, from that time on, I can't remember a single time when one of the kids got sick when my dad was leaving one of us had an accident. He said, the blood protected us. The blood kept us. Now, that doesn't mean if you, if, if you speak the blood that nothing could ever happen to you. I'm not saying that. But there is a protection of the blood. We need to apply the blood to our lives. My, my wife used to pray over my daughter, Lisa, every day. She said, I put you under the protection of the angels and the blood of Jesus as she sent her off to public school. Boy, you need to pray. You need to pray. Plead the blood of Jesus over your kids before they go to school for protection, from, for, for God to protect them because it's a crazy, crazy world. Derek Prince, Derek Prince uh, likens applying the blood to soap. He said you can know what soap is. You can have soap in your house, but unless you apply soap to your body, you're going to stink. So he said you have to apply it. And I always like that analogy. In Exodus chapter 24, when the law was given to Moses, the Bible says that Moses sprinkled the book and the people with blood. He said this is the new, this is the blood covenant with God. Whenever an Israelite sinned, they had to bring a sacrifice and blood had to be shed for their forgiveness. An animal's blood took the place of theirs, a substitutionary sacrifice. And that's the type of what Jesus is going to do for us. In Hebrews chapter 9, it says Jesus entered the heavenly tabernacle with his blood. In the Old Testament, the priest would have to once a year on the day of atonement, the priest would go into the holy, the holy place, the holy of holies with blood 
first of all for himself and then for the people. And that would cover their sins for a year. But the Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats can't make your conscience clear from sin. Can't, can't totally remove sin. Just kind of covers it. But when Jesus came, his blood removed all, all offenses. And forgiveness is ours. Restoration is ours. There's cleansing and forgiveness in the blood. In First John it says, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. In Acts chapter 20, it says the, per- the, the church was purchased with his blood. In Romans chapter 5, it says we're, being, we're made righteous, we're justified by the blood. The blood is like all sufficient. In the, and it says there's healing in the blood. By his, the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. His, his shedding of his blood brings healing to us. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, Through him we are, through him, God through him reconciled all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, we, we talk about the cross, we talk about his death, but it's the blood, it's the precious blood that was shed for us that made the difference. <coughs> To be reconciled means to be changed from the attitude of an enemy to a friendship. So God brings us into friendship, into rest, into oneness with him through his precious blood. Jesus purchased us with his blood. His blood was shed when he was whipped. His blood was shed when his beard was pulled out. His blood was shed when they put a crown of thorn on his head. His blood was shed when they nailed his hands and his feet. His blood was shed when they pierced his side. His blood was shed for us. He took his blood and he brought it into the holy of tab- the holy the holy tabernacle in heaven, made made an eternal redemption for us. The Bible says the blood gives us access to God. In Ephesians chapter two, it says we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. We can approach God. We can draw near to Him because of the blood. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could go into the presence of God, and only once a year. But you and I can come into the presence of God whenever we want, whenever we feel the need. We can be in his presence because the blood brings us near. The blood brings deliverance from any enemy. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, Through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And in Revelation chapter 9, it says they overcame him. Satan, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. The blood brings victory over the devil. So the blood... Is all-encompassing. It's the Bible says in Hebrews chapter ten, for by one by one sacrifice he is perfect, he is perfected for all time. Those who draw near to, near to God through him, through the blood we can draw near to God. Through the blood we can be healed. Through the blood we can have protection. Through the blood we can have forgiveness. For the blood we can have redemption. For the blood we can have re- restoration. Everything is covered by the blood of Jesus. I tell you. I am so thankful for his blood. I've been, as I've been preparing for this message, I've been reading all the scriptures on blood, listening to blood messages, and just being grateful, just to take time and saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your precious blood. I thank you for coming, Lord, and shedding your blood for me, that I might be forgiven, that I might be redeemed, that I might be restored. 
I might be healed. I might be delivered. I might be protected. Everything you have, I have. Everything you have for me is, is provided by the blood. And I thank you for it, for coming, for knowing you had to come before the foundation of the world to shed your blood for me. I don't know if that does anything for you, but it does something for me. I'm so grateful for, for what God has done because of what he's done in my life, in my wife's life. Our whole family knows God. Our whole family is serving God. And we're all going to go to heaven and, and spend eternity together forever and ever in the presence of God because of the blood, because of Jesus came into our life and his blood was applied to us. So I just want to remind you, every day, take a, take a, take a minute and just thank him for the blood. I remember listening to Pastor uh, Youngie Cho several years ago. talked about how he would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and spend four hours on his knees praying. I thought, ooh, you're doing better than me. But he said, and he told how he prayed. But we'd start off praying, thanking God for the cross for the blood, for what Jesus did for them, for the sacrifice. He just spent about an hour just thanking God for the blood and for what Jesus did for him through his blood. It's so important that we do that. Don't ever forget the blood. Because I felt like the Lord said to me, we need to talk more about it, we need to preach more about it, we need to sing more about it, the precious blood of Jesus. So I just want to, I just want to kind of put that out there and encourage us. Thank God for the blood. When you spend time with God in prayer, thank, remind yourself of the blood. Remind yourself of what the blood does for you and for your family. And thank God for it. Apply it to your life. Speak it over your life. And have all the benefits that God provided for us working in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just take a minute and thank you. Father, we thank you. I thank you for your precious blood, Lord. The blood of Jesus, the Son of God, the, the Messiah. God Almighty came and, and suffered an agonizing death so that we could live, so that we could be redeemed and restored. I praise you for it, Lord. I thank you for your blood today. I apply it to my life over and over and over again. I hide under the protection of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.